What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of You Can't Do That Anymore, a weekly movie podcast where we take old classics, old inspirational movies, the things that may have defined us in our childhood, and look back and go, that might be deeply problematic. Maybe we shouldn't, couldn't, or wouldn't do that anymore. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me today is Anastasia Washington. Hello. And Michelle Bocci, a writer, stand-up comic, and host of Therapy Roulette. And Anastasia, I'm glad you still went for the Terrence deep voice without <laughs> Terrence's deep voice. It was hard because I was like, I usually play off Terrence. It's very, very deep voice. Oh, and um, today I was on my own. I know you can either go with my squeaky voice that shouldn't be hosting podcasts. My voice is not deep. Can't help out there. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, <lost>. no one <laughs> told me. <laughs> Terrence has to go see uh, how the football players are doing. As there is, is a understanding. sports balls game. Sports balls are happening today. Yeah, I've Which, heard sports is popular. Yeah, I guess. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a season finale of a show that I don't even know who's in it. So <laughs> it's like Bridgerton. I'm sure it's popular. I'm sure it's great. I couldn't tell you what's going on. And also renewed for like eight seasons. So it's, you know, both right? things. <laughs> uh, but we're not talking about Bridgerton or the Super Bowl this week. We are talking about a movie released in 2001, Legally Blonde, a huge comedy in 2001, grossing $141 million off of an $18 million budget about a, uh, a blonde girl who becomes a lawyer. And much easier than I remember from the first time I saw it a very good example of a movie where just consistently things work out but the movie was huge people loved it audiences flocked to it it came from the writer amanda brown's personal experience at stanford law being a blonde girl being kind of the fish out of water there they adapted it into a book they made it into this movie michelle what was your first experience with legally blonde like well i was young when it came out in 2001 i was 11 so i don't think i saw it in theaters i probably saw it after it came on blockbuster dvd or something like that um but i liked it a lot i thought it was shiny and you know attractive l woods stands out amongst the the gray colored east coast sweaters like she's wearing bright pink in every shot and she took ownership she was like a female who owned her place and was smart and prove that she knew stuff about perms. So I was impressed with the movie. <laughs> Which is the most important part of the movie is to take away that you should know about perms. Yeah, because they didn't teach me that growing up in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very important to know. <laughs> I feel like most hair, I, I constantly get my hair cut and they're like, you can do a lot with this. And I'm like, can I? No one has once told me what I can do. You all just keep repeating that things could be happening with my hair and I don't know. <laughs> Is it the wrong conditioner? I no one tells me. It's like taxes. We don't get. Have you asked, orders. Blake? Have you seriously asked? I keep asking. <laughs> oh, you keep asking, and I finally learned that crickets. wavy hair. I shouldn't be drying with a comb. I should just do it with my hands and be softer. But so we're getting there. Anastasia, step. <laughs> what was your first time with Legally Blonde like? Um, well, I wasn't born when. I'm just kidding. I was. <laughs> I just I graduated from high school the year it came out. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so I remember seeing it and I, I feel like I felt like 
the same energy as I felt feel when I watch V for Vendetta, which is also a whole problematic thing where I walk out of the theater like, fuck yeah, I can do whatever I want. I'm the bomb, you know, like shut up. I'm a revolutionary. Um, so that was probably my initial reaction in 2001 um, when I watched it in the theaters. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I even saw the musical... Ooh, how was the musical? I heard the soundtrack's great. The soundtrack is great. There's a really good, good, like, stick it to him song in there um, with, like, <laughs> a belt, like, like held for eternity. Um, so, you know, the Bend and Snap is also a song in there. So, you know. How could it not be? That was the, right. everybody, for years, the Bend and Snap was happening. It really right. was the my wife of that genre of movie. Right. It's the Bend and Snap. So, I mean, I feel like Legally Blonde and Bring <laughs> It On were both, like, destined to be musicals. And they are now. <laughs> yeah, because you could just world. keep telling that story over and over again and people love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This was one of those movies that I really just thought I wouldn't like because I was like a young enough dumb boy to be like, well, the pink things aren't for me yet. Yeah. And then <laughs> I, uh, I don't like pink. I'm a man. It's a lady movie. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my uh, nearest and dearest friends was a, a blonde girl who a lot of people did underestimate at high school as just being like, oh, well, she just reads the same glamour magazines and cares about this and she showed me the movie one day and I was like, this is really funny. Like, wait a minute. This is, <laughs> and I feel like then like the, it just became a wave. Like it, it suddenly was everyone's favorite comedy. Everybody talked about it in high school. I don't think anyone talked about the sequel, which came out two years later, but you know, I, it. I still saw it. Yeah. I didn't watch that other one. That was like when she was like in high school and, the and there was DVD. like a, yeah, I didn't watch that one. It's fine. Was there one about a just the dog too? I that don't was know. a sequel, like uh, something about the dog in Capitol Hill or DC. Yeah, she uses the dog. I, th I believe it's about anti-animal testing, and it's all about the dog and what the dog is going through. And it's red, white, and blonde. It's another classic uh, mid early thousands, early aughts hit. <laughs> aughts it. Yep. So then. It sounds like we all really liked the movie when it first came out. So, Michelle, why now can you not do the movie anymore? Well, I rewatched it um, in anticipation of today, and it's still really funny. Like, so many lines still hit. It's very quotable, but it's also really catty. And there's like women against women in a lot of scenes. As much as there is women supporting women, there's also a lot of like fighting over a man who sucks like we fight over warner the whole movie and no one likes warner he's a douchebag so yeah. that's a big problem the whole the storyline about like i must get proposed to warner who has no real good qualities and there's like homophobia in uh the one lesbian character and towards the end with the, the gay guy in court so there's that um but for me it was a lot of like the women against women and not enough about like feminism being spoken about. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think the uh, the most shocking thing I think to me going back was that this entire court case hinged on outing somebody as gay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the way we deduce that is through nothing but stereotypes. 
which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting because earlier in the movie, uh, they used the D word about a, a, an insulting word for a gay lesbian woman. And Elle Woods turns around and snaps that she never uses that word. It doesn't do anything like that. And you must have misheard of this. So she stands up as this like very good, noble character to then in court turn around to be like, I'm going to expose this gay man who I know is gay because he called my boots last season. Yeah. So we just sort of <laughs> switch to like as stereotypical as we can become. And then we create this like puppet show in court where his his boyfriend's there. We have to trick him into outing himself. Yeah, I feel torn about that because I liked the the end calling him out because he's mean to her. He's like, don't tap your Prada shoes at me. So he's sassy in a mean way, insulting her. So I feel like it was deserved what he got, but I'm also not a gay man, so I don't really know if it was okay. Um, And the lesbian character really gets shit on throughout and she's so angry and so, you know, not a a redeemable character. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That wasn't fair. We should have been nicer to the lesbian character. (laughs) We should have. I mean, not us personally, because we didn't do it, but yeah. But the creators, but they the could creator. have, they could have done a little bit more for marginalized groups. I think like, yeah. let's make the blondes feel welcome. But like, what about everyone else? <laughs> yeah. I think you get into some of that interesting territory that I feel like I have a friend who's a redhead and is always like, well, you know, the redheads are marginalized too. And every now and then I'm like, I'm a white straight, a white straight male. So I don't know that I can say much, but I feel like if we lined it up, <laughs> the redheads would be like not the worst ones. Oh my God. That was the, div- okay. First of all, you almost called yourself a white striped man. And I was like, yes. Just a white striped man. <laughs> Just a white striped man. And then second of all, I remember when um, they cast the new Ariel for Little Mermaid and everyone, and there was all this like, redheads are minorities too why can't we get a chance to be on stage too why can't we be cast in things and I was like that's yeah such a superficial label for a minority like your hair color can easily change we can dye your hair today (laughs) right and I was thinking you know just cast a black person with red hair because then they can't say shit (laughs) (laughs) and there's quite a few of those (laughs) but michelle you also tapped into something interesting that you know this character who we out is the villain for lack of a better word in this court scene he's rude to her he's Mm -hmm. lying in court to get Mm -hmm. payment i guess i don't even know what he gets out of the situation other than all of this going poorly yeah he must be in cahoots with the the actual murderer Right. They never really establish his stakes if he's in on it or whatever else. But you do tap into something of like, what do bad people deserve in some of these movies when we look at problematic issues or problematic behavior and kind of the idea of, I guess, what's even? Because I don't think, you know, outing somebody is always a big deal. It's their story. They should get to do it on their own terms. But you are helping a murderer. Yeah. (laughs) So you... He seems like he's doing a little bit worse from that end. Oh, no, I just, I think outing somebody is always a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Just just don't, uh, uh, but yes, I I don't know. I don't think that two wrongs make a right. Yes, he's an ass, um, but yeah. He also wasn't the murderer. Like, he's just- He wasn't, no. 
um he was just uh i don't even know i i still yeah i guess his motive was i or his reason was that he was gonna get like some money from the family that yeah that has to kind of be because they never really established those stakes we just kind of use it as a device to prove the innocent character is innocent which also we don't know quite enough about him which is just you know maybe bad storytelling (laughs) which i think there is when you do make it problematic right he's the villain in this scene and in this moment but ultimately throughout the movie we've developed this gay character to just be a stereotype to just have this moment where we don't even rely on elwood's intelligence as a lawyer we go back to her intelligence as a, a savant of fashion and knowing things and then we couple that with dangerous stereotypes i'm sure there are many straight men who are familiar with shoes and boots and clothes that these people exist as well and could you imagine how embarrassing it would have been if you had gotten up on a stand and was like your honor that man is also gay. the way she did it she was like she was like she was like he's gay and he goes how do you know and he goes what kind of, she goes what kind of shoes am i wearing uh brown or something like that and then he goes see see and i'm like <laughs> Which yeah, yeah. Really does it doesn't prove that anybody's gay or straight. It proves that that person doesn't know shoes, right? Because <laughs> like, um, I I'm sure some some street men know designers, but like most of them don't call you call out a stranger for their Prada shoes. And then we also find out he has a share tape in the pool house. Those are the two things that point out he must be gay. Which yeah is very assuming, but because the court case scene lasts only so long, I feel like. The cuts did make sense but i don't know it probably wasn't cool overall the fact that he lied in court makes me think it's warranted it's okay yeah, yeah but and it's also very 2000s it's very, very 2000s. 2000s yeah yeah it's very of the time it's used as just kind of a, like a general plot device where i think now if i was like guys i wrote this great script and you're never gonna believe the twist like why don't we work a little bit it's like the old ace ventura twist where you're like yeah you can't we can't just be doing that anymore guys like these are people that maybe have done bad things but the way we're getting to their karma because look he's gonna get his he's gonna go to prison for lying under oath yeah right clearly his his partner is leaving him which to your point, Michelle, the movie might have issues, but that beat when he stands up and calls him <laughs> hilarious. You bitch. <laughs> like that was just laugh out loud funny. So I think that stands up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think all that it is It was fine. a moment. <laughs> but then yeah. I, I think the other kind of thing you brought up um, is this kind of idea of how we handle feminism in the movie and how we handle writing strong female characters. Do you think they handled both of those well in this movie? It could have definitely done it better because I really like the whole script. I like the writing because I think it does hold up, but there's so much more they could have done for feminism, for women. They could have made a much stronger point and like dismissed the whole storyline. Like I want to be proposed to like, that's such a major like crutch that we walk on the whole movie for Elle to get to where she is. So I don't like that part. And feminism wasn't cool in 2001 so I guess it was like again like a tale of the times I didn't like feminism when I first heard about it I thought it was women complaining but like now I'm all about it so we had to get there as a society well and I think that's one of the portrayals that's really bad in this but also very of the time is like 
the feminist is the problem, right? The feminist is the annoying one. The feminist is like saying things like, we should change it to some, uh, to Ovester instead of semester. And like, just like all these things that like to us just seem annoying, you know, but it's, that's not what a feminist necessarily is. And, and it's a very big stereotype that goes, makes us all go, ew, I don't want to be that. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah not cool. I, I feel like the movie just hints at things. It doesn't explore yeah. them fully. And you're like, wait, she just got, you know, sexually assaulted by her her powerful, you know, boss, like mm-hmm. teacher, professor. Like you can't just briefly gloss over that. It should be more explored in the movie. This must you be the so. fourth or fifth movie in a row we've done where there's been a teacher that aggressively assaults a student right (laughs) i I don't know what was going on in the mid 90s (laughs) to the early aughts where everyone was like hear me out the student and the teacher need to maybe not do it but we gotta we gotta we gotta walk that line that's what the kids i guess it's an easy situation but you're right we don't really dive into that at all it just sort of happens we immediately like accuse her of either lying or blaming we make the other woman in the movie attack her for this when we go and do it she's making fun of her behind her back and then there aren't many ramifications to this teacher except for at the very end when just in white they're like hey he got fired and the other guy does his job now (laughs) and uh even in court when he's like she can't represent me we let the other male question the gay man like we never really give her her big win moment and we never really find any like feminist themes we end up falling back on these tropes of finding a man and getting proposed to and this competition of once again a very average to lame guy with two beautiful women and i i think it's time for hollywood to start we got to find some attractive guys for these attractive girls i'm tired of of the costanza problem (laughs) that's fair luke wilson did not bring like i like luke wilson i thought he did great but he didn't bring a whole lot to the movie (laughs) he could have done more no he kind of just sits there handsomely and every now that is like we should believe l right like she's on our side and you're like so cool (laughs) have you seen her she's cool (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i like him i think he's good at the movie but he's so kind of underdeveloped and is just there as like a a soundboard for because somebody has to be on her side because her only other two allies are uh two very stereotypical sorority girls who again are very funny but they're in three scenes yeah that's true it's mostly about l and like how she counteracts bullying or like being looked down upon for being too pretty and not smart enough and I don't know, it wasn't really quite enough with like a lack of other character development. Like Elle Woods is the only tr- true character Developed we character. get to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's almost too perfect. Like you can't really dig into any of these themes because her arc is, I'm going to become a lawyer and like prove this to this guy. She nails the LSATs right away. Her only conflict of not studying is like watching shirtless men run. And she's like, no, 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 I have to study before I can do sorority life again. Then she's just in Harvard. She immediately rises to the top of the class. Everyone who's mean to her, she just has like the right remark to hit her back. She's never stopped by anything. And then she wins the case. Like there's never enough opposing forces to her that bother her. 
she feels like she starts the movie where she should end it. She's like smart together. The insults don't matter. She doesn't really care. Like even when somebody else is dating the guy she's chasing, she just sort of is like, I'll get him. Don't worry about it. This woman's yeah. awful. I'm fine. Well, I'm I think rem- the big flaw about her is that her ultimate goal and her whole ultimate like whole motivation for doing all of this is to get a man to put a ring on it. And and, and she has to overcome that to actually believe in herself and know that it's not just about a ring and 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 the one person that rejects her over and over again is the one person that she wants mm-hmm. you know do do you feel like she overcame ugh, overcame that problem anastasia by the end of the movie she is just with luke wilson and the lawyer did she is there a moment i'm forgetting where she's like no being a lawyer helps people and i should be doing this beyond a ring <laughs> I mean, in the musical, there is, she literally (laughs) says, I am so much better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, this feels so much better. They give us you in the musical. Yeah, I I think it's more obvious in the musical. I'm trying, I'm I'm trying to think of, like, I don't know that she's, I think she says something to him, like, I'm never going to be truly good enough for you or something. And then, like, finally, like, says something like. Also, what kind of, like, jerk just just proposes to another woman woman while he's proposed to vivian like you can't do that yeah. that's not a good guy oh no yeah he is the oh, no, he's, he's the he's worst <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing redeemable about this man like cute though he's i'm pretty sure cute. he also was like well just sleep with him and become the best lawyer like he he has no moral compass he's just he's like no, i did i slept with him and that's why I, oh wait what he's just trying to make his parents happy to a fault like we'll do anything (laughs) yeah that is exactly who that character is and there's a lot of i think interest in stuff like that because i'm like well he could there could have been a lot of change for him but he's just awful and we're not yeah he's no redemption qualities (laughs) but i think we get at the end where she graduates we get this the shot of her like smiling she's wearing lipstick her hair looks good but she's wearing like the graduation gown and i think that takes away from like oh she's a beauty queen to no, she got a law degree. That's awesome. And then we get the title card she will get proposed to later by Emmett. So I think that's her moment of like, yeah, I have brains. I have a purpose. I'm going to help people. It's again, way too subtle. They should have done more, but it's something. Yeah, it's something. I, I, think, I think you're Michelle Obama did it better when she goes, go to school and do you and you'll find the man. That's well, Anastasia, Michelle you know? Obama is always doing it better. I, I, well, this movie I, is great, but it's I, no... I, it's no Michelle Obama picture. Definitely not a Michelle Obama thing. <laughs> no, we would have had to cast a lot more black people in the movie for Michelle Obama to really yeah. hold her own. <laughs> that would have been nice, right? <laughs> All right, so hear me out. We're going to take the ideas in Legally Blonde and the ideas okay. in the movie Dick, and we're going to have Michelle Obama make a Legally Blonde 4, because 3 is coming, okay. of the White House after Michelle Obama leaves and them coming back and taking it back. Okay, yes. Okay. I think the I'm- time is right. I think, that, I think that'll break blockbuster records for sure yeah blockbuster mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll compete you know apple plus is always looking for content they need something box office that's what i meant box office <laughs> yeah i was like i don't think blockbuster exists anymore but they we need content that. even more i think than it's apple gonna plus. come back 
Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. It's making a comeback and I didn't even know. Blockbuster now. Everybody's got a streaming service. My Roku keeps showing me ridiculous things like Philo. I'm sure we're close. Like dough? Like Philo dough? Don't know, but they really want me to download it. That and Tubi and all these other ridiculous things. But that's not the point. My streaming <laughs> fatigue. <laughs> Uh, but you, you also touched on something, Michelle, that the movie could have done more, but it's something. And do you feel like this was kind of an era, 2001, where even getting like a female-led comedy was a bigger deal? Like maybe this was kind I of our, so. like our start. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember a lot of movies like that where we only have like a female lead and we don't have, you know, a gang of guys next to her or like somewhere where there's clearly a male character also driving the movie. The fact that this was all Reese Witherspoon is pretty cool. And that's impressive. Even if she was clad in hot pink and like super girly and, you know, in a sorority, she's a lot of stereotypes, but she does have more to her, like her brains, her drive for law school. She said no to Warner in the end. So she's, she's redeemable. And she can, you know, show a lot to young girls watching the movie. Because I was impressionable when I saw the movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, I could go to law school and I can pull off hot pink. That's saying yeah. a lot. I didn't know I could do either of those things. <laughs> and you can say things like, I object when somebody hits on you. Like, yeah, that. she does. She does turn down Callahan when he puts his hand on her. And she does object to other things. So she speaks up a little bit throughout. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely always pushing back, but I think you're right. We're, we're scratching the surface, but it's, you know, it it's an interesting thing where we can both applaud a movie for what it did well and what it kind of helped push forward because we're talking about female-led comedies when there weren't a lot, but $141 million at the box office off of only $20 million is no other comedy nowadays will ever come close to that. That was even unheard of at the time. This was, those are huge numbers. Well, it took a huge step in being a female-led comedy, but it still, I think, tried to appease the times and their stereotypes. And I feel like that that's the balance that they, they tried to, they're like, we'll have a female-led comedy, but we still have to like play to the, the this audience too, you know, like. Yeah, to um, get it, you know, even greenlit in Hollywood, I think they did a pretty yeah. good job holding on to what they wanted to do. Cause like, there's still like a lot of uh, sexual innuendos and like mm -hmm. jokes about like pretty woman in a hot tub. And, you know, they had to have that, I guess, for it to get where it did, like getting to the theater in the first place. But the fact that it wasn't all about sex, it wasn't all about dating is actually nice for 2001. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like the other, you know, this was really like American Pie and American Pie 2 had come out. I think this was when we were in the middle of like the big sex comedies and then having yeah. this sort of come out and, and reject a lot of those ideas. And just with such like witty repertoire, we brought up like she says, I object when the guy harasses her in her like audition video. That's just a very funny moment. Like there's, there are very few comedic beats in the movie that don't land, if any. Um, yeah, the, but... the humor really holds up, which is hard to do in any comedy. It's hard to make a comedy last throughout the years. Yeah, like evergreen topics that we all just kind of like, I guess, identify with and laugh at. <laughs> so as yeah. we, we kind of talk about these evergreen topics, is I think you're right. And this is one of the first examples on the podcast we've had of 
us saying like, well, it might be problematic. Maybe you couldn't do it anymore. But Mindy Kaling is out there trying to do this again. Legally yes. Blonde 3 is still coming to theaters. It's been in development for some time. We have a musical. This is a brand that has not died. Uh, what do you think story-wise and thematic-wise it needs to have to avoid some of the, I guess, problematic issues of the first one or even the second one? If, you know, I mean, to avoid the second one, you just have to write better jokes. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, true. Let's I, give it more of a plot than the second one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh, right off the bat, we're, we're with Mindy being involved. I, I hope that that translates to more representation and diversity. <laughs> um, it has to, right? Like they're not going to so. have the same cast they had in the first one. I, I would I would think not. I mean, uh, Mindy is such a, an advocate for BIPOCs. Um, so I, yeah, no, I think it's gonna, that's gonna be a big difference. That's gonna reflect things. And I think by just putting more diverse cast members and more diverse writers and more diverse everything, that changes the narrative a little bit too. Um, and also will probably reflect more of our current climate. Right? I was gonna say, I think now yeah. the movie, it, it can't not deal with some of the conversations that are happening. To Michelle's point, feminism wasn't cool and hip in 2001, and now it, it's a, it's the anthem. Everyone, right. not everybody, but most smart, woke people are <laughs> embracing it and pushing a lot of things forward. And I think especially in 2020, when we've seen all of these other problematic issues to now redo the movie, you can't really just make it because this is a white movie. I was consistently surprised when I go back to movies from this era and I'm like, oh my God, it really is just like, it's like a Gap ad from 1996. Yeah, I think there's only people of color in like the nail salon, maybe in one other yeah. scene, but they really are not present in the movie. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's going to really uh, have to change or be addressed is any of the sexual um well i mean the incident uh between her and the um attorney between um, callahan i would like yeah. callahan to like make an appearance that'd be interesting yeah i mean that's like a, that's completely now after the me too movement uh, well you know that would be a it, it was a big deal then <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna say it was a big deal then but it's a much bigger and much public uh more public deal now um yeah like maybe we have uh other women speaking out against callahan yeah. or maybe he's learned some kind of lesson and we could see where yeah. he's at now we can address cancel culture and bring him back and he can be redeemable i don't know maybe yeah i think not. addressing me too would be smart because keeping that conversation going and not making it like annoying or like women complaining like also let's talk about me too let's talk about feminism let's like use those words to make the conversation normalize and make it so like people who aren't women can understand what we're trying to say. Right. Right. I think I would like to see them kind of flip the script a bit too and have another, like, I think he's gay. This worked once. And then be like, I'm not, it doesn't, you don't prove anything this time. If you almost <laughs> opened the movie with that bit of like, no, what are you, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then like, she has to go get woke lessons because yeah. she's like, because <laughs> she's older now she's 20 years older so maybe she's yeah. been out of the real what's happening like she's been raising a family or something 
So yeah. this movie I, was supposed to come out before theaters shut down, but as of right now, it only has four actors attached to it. Reese Witherspoon, Alana Ubach, Jennifer Coolidge, and Jessica Caulfield. No one else is there. Yeah, but uh, Reese, Reese is so socially active. I feel like she'll do a good job with her hands in it. Oh yeah, I'm not concerned about it. I just think it's very interesting. It's the first uh, directed feature for Jamie Souk also which Blake, is a we know that this is keeping you up at night don't lie <laughs> i'm so concerned about the legally bond reboot i know blake is just trying to set a con countdown like when will it come out <laughs> when can i go back to theaters <laughs> he actually has like a clock you can't see it on the wall but it literally like it's like a, an actual countdown that he looks at every oh, yeah. morning. <laughs> well you have to you have to have some stuff to be excited we are not getting any more marvel movies we're not getting any more star wars <laughs> I'm yeah, any movie off. that's well done would be nice. Yeah, right. That would Just, be great. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what I want. I mean, I think we kind of touched on, you know, why this connected to audiences then. I think now we're right to do it again. It does have to be a little bit more socially awake. I think we're seeing younger people wanting that in their comedies. When you look at Booksmart and even Blockers, these are more heavily thematic, smart movies than I think we had in our... 2001 sex comedies where it was just well, especially book smart <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're having it's in almost, the title yeah. <laughs> these exactly movies, <laughs> these movies now almost get like a family ties ask like we gotta have to sit down and change the music for a minute while we tell you what this is about because we know you won't get it right away mm -hmm. i think we should you know not dismiss we don't have to get rid of stereotypes but we should be using them in a smarter way like Let's also have more full fleshed out characters. Let's have characters learn that what they did was totally wrong. Like, let's talk about me too and not make it all angry and victimized, but like really just talk about it from all angles. And I think Elle Woods is the best character for that. She's always very bubbly and energetic and smart. There, there's not really any cynicism to that character or even like anger or frustration. And when she is frustrated, it... it she just goes and like does something fun and silly. You get a comedic bit instead of stomping around being mad. I think it's the easiest vessel to do it in. Like you know, yeah. she goes to a, a you know an Apple Store in the middle of the in the night in like a bunny suit to get one. Yeah, of that those. is confidence. <laughs> confidence, right? And she gets one of those ones that I always wanted. Those laptops that were different colors. I was like, God. Why didn't they bring that back, man? I mean, that was really the aesthetic. <laughs> if I could get some more clear with a, any color plastic and see through it to the technology bits, I'd be a happy man. <laughs> Enough silver MacBooks. I want to see through the damn thing. I need to see all the in, in, inner workings, uh, but with a color over it. And then if we could get some blow up furniture, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm there. These are, <laughs> you know, it's coming back. It's time. Yeah. I think I'm too old for for blow up, uh, you know, furniture. I feel like every time I get up, I I do this song now that's like, oh. Anastasia <laughs> off camera. I have that's three. a song. <laughs> I'm trying to call it a song. I'm like, it's a. Oh. <laughs> it's enough toad inflections. Yeah. Yeah. I won't hear that anybody has grown up on this podcast. Off camera, I have three ready-to-be-opened Spider-Verse action figures that I just got. Collectibles. So you can have all the inflatable furniture you want. 
I, I, I know that as an adult, I can, I should not because that song will happen Did when I get nothing up. from Legally Blonde? Apparently, if that was the <laughs> whole point of Legally Blonde, I did not learn the null lesson. Well, yeah, to just like blow out your budget on your dorm room. That's the way to do it. <laughs> like her dorm room was so nice. She had her own elliptical. She had fluffy pillows. But as that, an adult, oh. buy what makes you happy. <laughs> also, where did she make those muffins? I don't she know. brought muffins to study. She's like, I made muffins. Where? Where did you make these muffins? <laughs> Anastasia, that sorority was nicer than anything Harvard She wasn't had. at the sorority. It was when she was in Harvard. Where were the muffins made? Where she had were to the have muffins used made? a dorm room kitchen. It couldn't have been, I don't think it would have been that accessible to make muffins in. Exactly. <laughs> I feel exactly. like she made friends with a muffin man and probably has muffin connections we're unaware of. Well, then she didn't make them then. She just brought them. She <laughs> managed making them. She had somebody else do it. She outsourced. She delegated. Management is hard, Anastasia. Okay. <laughs> I hope we get to the bottom of it in Legally Blonde 3. Address where the muffins came from. Who's Thank the muffin you. man? Thank you. I think <laughs> that was the true mystery that we really didn't solve. Like we had this trial over a murder. Muffins. Yeah. And why are all the the law students in the study group? None of them want a muffin. None of them are hungry or like they're all just cooking for themselves. I don't find that believable either. Right? Talk about white privilege. Nobody at Harvard wants a muffin. What? Oh yeah, the most unrealistic moment is when the cute blonde girl walks in and is like, I made muffins and all of these men are just like, huh, I won't think so. And I'm like, what are you? No, 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 you get the muffins from the cute girl. You can't sit with us or we will not eat your muffins. Can you of imagine these being brought a muffin during a meeting and smelling it and it's sitting there and you having the audacity to just be like, what about the stocks? Yeah. No, Blake, I can't, which is why I'm going, where did the muffins come from and why were they not consumed? And how powerful was Vivian to just shut that whole thing down for everyone? Be like, no one wants a muffin. No one wants you here. And people listen to Vivian. Like, I don't know why she was so mean. That's uh, yeah, some power. I, That's I some guess because she, they're competing for a guy, but she's dating that guy and I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think we need Alison Bechtel on the, the story writing list for the third one. <laughs> I would love yeah. that. <laughs> Get someone in there who can dispel this whole man storyline. Oh yeah. Well that, we got to get to the yeah. bottom of that. <laughs> yeah. Or like give us a, a male character who has something else going on. He's not just trying to like win Elle Woods or win a pretty girl. I, I think, especially now that everybody's older, I feel like that's, almost what you'd have to do unless they're going to make like she's mentoring the younger person and they've got somebody who's just trying to get engaged yeah i hope there's no engagements in this one we'll see <laughs> no i think I, we can do without that more muffins less more, engagements more muffins yeah. and eating the muffins to a diverse cast who oh, has right. more to say about feminism <laughs> right that, well, that's, 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 that's the hope that's the dream um that blake has been dreaming every day i just want diverse muffin days yeah mindy kelly make it happen <laughs> make our dreams come true and she's listening also hire all of us <laughs> yeah, yeah we have great ideas about the insurrection legally blonde crossover and diverse she, muffin days she was like i was actually gonna hire everybody on this podcast and then i heard this podcast and then i was like never mind <laughs> hey, i don't i don't think they have a writing staff yet they might <laughs> 
you never know i don't know i feel like uh i mean i don't know what's going on anymore in hollywood (laughs) it's all locked up for a while Guys, I think that about covers it. Unless anybody has anything else to add or say on the Legally Blonde matter. Uh, send us muffins. I, I like the bend and snap. I just want to, you know, go on record. I think it's you, a good move. It's a classic. <laughs> it works every time. Why does she look like a T-Rex, though? You know That I, mean? I don't like, know. I don't understand. I she's try- they're, like, trying to push up. I don't know. But it's like, you know, our... But you know what? Guys like T-Rexes. They love dinosaurs. That's so true. We love dinosaurs. So they're they're absolutely like, right. That is, yes. <laughs> they're like, there's boobs. And she's kind of like a dinosaur. That's why yes! Jurassic Park has made five <laughs> movies, even though only one of them is any good. Yeah. Fair enough. Some people like two. <laughs> I don't. Uh, that's our show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You can, of course, leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can then follow us on Twitter at Can't Do That Pod. We're on Instagram at You Can't Do That Anymore. I'm at, as always, Blake Anastasia at Anastasia W. I, of course, do two other shows. Hollywood already did it about movie reboots, remakes, and sequels, which right now is a mini series about the history of sitcoms through WandaVision and a t- podcast about collecting action figures called How Do You Figure? Anastasia, of course, does the Hysterical Podcast and Serial Killer, a history comedy podcast, and another comedy podcast about serial killers and the breakfast cereals that would go along with them. Michelle, where can everybody find you and your work? Thank you, Blake. Um, You can find me on Instagram at Michelle with one L, Bocce, B-A-C-I, comedy, at Michelle Bocce on Twitter. And my podcast is called Therapy Roulette. We like to talk about our trauma and the bad things that have happened to us, but also laugh. It's a great show. It's a great show. Everyone tune in. (laughs) All right. Well, we will see everybody next week.